Happy Tuesday, everybody, and welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hope your afternoon is off to a fantastic start. We have some fun in store for you today, including a lot of college basketball, some NBA, some NFL, some NHL, some questions of the day that allow for your statewide participation, some audio of the day for your enjoyment. You do not want to miss this one. If you would imagine the legendary Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski being on the receiving end of a phone call from the NFL commissioner Roger Goodell. Just picture that in your head. It actually happened and Gronk recently shared how it went. Let's just say Gronk thought he was being pranked and decided to try to prank the person on the other end that he didn't immediately realize was the commissioner of the NFL, calling the now retired Gronkowski with some really good news not too long ago. That audio of the day we will give you this hour. The questions of the day that allow for your participation we will give you this hour. We will talk about Duke getting revenge on NC State last night. The Devils, remember, host the Tar Heels on Saturday in a regular season finale for both teams. Carolina hosts Wake Forest tonight, a rivalry of a different sort. The Heels are seeking revenge on the Demon Deacons for what happened in Winston-Salem not long ago. Then Carolina, of course, later this week ends up in Cameron to take on the Blue Devils, that first matchup. Thrilling as usual, despite the fact that Duke is near the top of the standings and Carolina remains dead last in those ACC standings as we speak. The Wolfpack does remain squarely on the NCAA tournament bubble. Remember that just as beating Pitt did not catapult the Wolfpack up into the stratosphere. Losing at Duke does not really cause you to slide down the ladder either. Both are kind of treading water examples. You're supposed to beat Pitt at your place. You're supposed to lose at Duke when you're playing them at their place. You still have the 22-point win over the Blue Devils in Raleigh on your resume. I actually think that whereas there are a lot of unpredictable variables as we inch towards Selection Sunday, and believe it or not, yes, the month has turned to March, March Madness is officially underway with conference tournaments. Now, we'll be at the ACC Men's Basketball Tournament next week and remember there are games a week from today we actually just learned yesterday that georgia tech decided to accept an ncaa penalty of an, a postseason ban it had been on appeal well if it was on appeal the yellow jackets were eligible to play in greensboro next week they decided to stop the appeal so that they accept the postseason ban this year. Why would they do that? Well, they're not very good this year. So they just missed the ACC tournament. Maybe, maybe an invitation to the NIT was coming, but they're not very good this year. They haven't been to the NCAA tournament under Josh Pastner. And their logic was good. If we just use the postseason ban this year, unplugging our appeal on that part of some sanctions that they got a while back. Well, then we don't have the possibility of a postseason ban hovering over us for another year. You may have heard players don't like that. Recruits don't like that. Their families and coaches don't like that. So at least they get the uncertainty about that part of their sanctions out of the way. We do finally have a set bracket. 
until late yesterday when Georgia Tech announced that decision. We didn't know if there were going to be three games on Tuesday, two games on Tuesday. We, of course, still do not know which team is in what slot. But only yesterday did we even have a set bracket, a 14-team tournament instead of the 15-team tournament. That is not, by the way, new, thanks to other schools facing other penalties. This is the third time in the last six years that the 15-team ACC will have only 14 teams at the ACC tournament. The Wolfpack being squarely on the NCAA tournament bubble knows that it will not be playing next Tuesday, but teams like Wake and Carolina, of course, are likely to be on the court with something to play for, right? Everybody has a chance at an automatic bid, no matter how miserable your regular season was. Leagues starting now, including some in our backyard, the Big South tournament starts today. They do it on campus sites, so good luck to Campbell and High Point and UNC Asheville. Gardner-Webb actually got a bye, but they'll play later this week. They run through Sunday in that tournament. Somebody will grab that automatic bid in the Big South this Sunday. Many of the bigger leagues, of course, don't go head-to-head -head in their conference leagues and conference tournaments until next week. The Southern Conference, starting Friday and running through Monday, hosts its event in lovely Asheville. Remember UNC Greensboro under West Mill in Western Carolina under coach Mark Prosser, son of Skip, are two of the better teams in the Southern Conference, Asheville, North Carolina, the great host city for that fine event a little bit later this week. We'll talk Duke, we'll talk State, we'll talk Carolina, we'll talk Wake. We welcome your feedback from last night's games and tonight's matchups, including Wake visiting Carolina, including Duke getting revenge on the Wolfpack. But we'll get to a lot of other things, not just the Gronk audio. My questions of the day include these. And if you'd like to jump in, jump in early, because later today, the legendary coach Dave Odom is going to drop by as our college basketball coaching analyst of the day. We tend to have at least one head coach, current or former, every day, every March here on the David Glenn Show and even into April as we celebrate March Madness in all of its forms. The former Wake coach, former ECU coach, former South Carolina coach, coach, longtime assistant at UVA, friend of the program and friend of you, the sports fans of North Carolina in many cases, three-time ACC Coach of the Year, also the SEC Coach of the Year during his time with the Gamecocks. Dave Odom will drop by third hour. Luke Hancock was part of a national title team at Louisville under Rick Pitino, now with the ACC Network. He also drops by later. Most outstanding player at the Final Four seven years ago. The sharpshooter from the Cardinals will drop by. David Shoemate is going to be with us as well. He'll stop by in hour number two. The voice of the Duke Blue Devils coming off of, remember, Duke had lost three out of four including at NC State, an unranked team, at Wake, an unranked team, at an unranked at the time UVA squad. Devils don't lose three out of four very often under Mike Krzyzewski. It very rarely happens in February or March. It did happen. The Devils got some revenge on the pack last night. We'll talk about where the Devils go from here with our guest David Shoemate halfway through hour number two. Dave Odom and Luke Hancock will join us in hour number three. As we wish you a happy Super Tuesday and hope everybody exercises their right to vote here in North Carolina or perhaps those, are listen those who are listening elsewhere can do so in their own ways. I have a rivalry question and a Team USA question for your consideration. When your playing days are over, would you ever work or coach for your arch rival? Whether the answer to that is yes or no, would you be okay with someone who did? One of the greatest rivalries in our land at the college level. Just had an example 
of a former player for one side going to be a coach for the other side. Now, I know there are some examples of this. Friend of the program, Bucky Waters, has ties to NC State, of course, and was the head coach of the Duke Blue Devils in men's basketball. But could you have pictured, say, Jared Haas now at Stanford serving time as an assistant coach under Mike Krzyzewski after being with Roy Williams? Could you picture, you know, a Steve Wojciechowski now at Marquette working at Carolina after playing for the Blue Devils? Like, these are things that just don't happen, right? You don't coach at one or the other or play at one or the other and then take a job at the other side of the rivalry. Well, it just did happen. I will share that story. When your playing days are over, would you ever work or coach for your arch rival? Would you be okay with someone who did because someone just did that story from yesterday in the college sports world? And here's another one. Are you bothered or disappointed when an eligible, healthy American athlete turns down a chance to represent our country at the Olympics or another highest profile international competition. That also just happened in the real world again. Are you bothered or disappointed when an eligible, healthy American athlete turns down a chance to represent our country at the Olympics or another really high profile international event? That just happened. So did going to work for your arch rival. When your playing days are over, would you ever work or coach for the rival? Would you be okay with someone who did? I will share those stories that inspired those questions as we welcome your calls. Duke over NC State, Wake visiting Carolina, other college basketball, and of course some NBA, some NFL, some NHL, and some other headlines of the day as well. Spike Lee, courtside season ticket holder and all-around superfan at Madison Square Garden, says he is done with this year's New York Knicks, although he says he will be back in the future. I'll tell you about that mini-controversy. Meanwhile, the NCAA and the NBA are among those in the sports world preparing directives to players, seriously, about handshakes and autographs, among other things, and also creating contingency plans related to the coronavirus. Now, we're not going to get too far into that stuff, but it does have sports implications. The largest American sporting event since the arrival of the coronavirus is the NCAA men's basketball tournament. And yes, they are creating contingency plans that it's kind of like break glass only in case of emergency. This is not a likelihood, but part of the contingency plan, seriously, would be players playing games in empty arenas which has happened in other sports in other contexts. Again, unlikely, underline that bolded exclamation point, but it is part of the contingency plans as discussed by NCAA Chief Operating Officer Donald Remy in an interview just yesterday. Meanwhile, the NBA, among others, are telling their players, you know, fist bumps are better than handshakes, in all seriousness, as well as if you do a lot of autographs, Rather than just accepting the Sharpie or other writing object from a hundred different people in a row, bring your Sharpie, bring your own, right? It's a lot less back and forth, a lot fewer opportunities for transmission of what can be a deadly virus, obviously. More of those repercussions from the sports world. It is also a tragic day here in our backyard. 
NC Central football player Trevor Van Dyke was shot and killed last night in Durham. So obviously our condolences to his family and friends in those communities and elsewhere. Formerly a football star at Clayton High School here in our backyard. Shot and killed last night in Durham. Police are investigating that as a homicide. Again, our condolences on this sad and tragic day along those lines. 1-800-849-2761. If you want in, the, in on the rivalry question, are you okay with someone who goes to work for the arch rival? I'll tell you who just did that as part of what rivalry in college sports. And the Team USA question of the day. Are you bothered or disappointed when an eligible, healthy American athlete says no to Team USA heading into the Olympics or another high-profile international competition? That just happened as well. I'll tell you who did it and why in their eyes. 1-800-849-2761. I believe I can summarize the Wolfpack's picture moving forward after that loss at Duke. And I know some of you have questions and comments about what happened last night or what's going to happen the rest of the way. Duke over state last night. Carolina hosting Wake, among other matchups tonight. You can join us on the other side. one 800 4927611 Charles Hadley is in for Darren Vaught the voice of High Point basketball is of course calling the Panthers Big South tournament game a little bit later today he's also the voice of USA baseball he will be back soon Charles Hadley always filling in capably for Darren Vaught in his absence intern Will will be the first voice you hear when you dial 1-800-849-2761 if you want in on the events of last night if you want to answer one of our questions of the day that's the number to use 1-800-849-2761 800-849-2761. More audio of the day with Rob Gronkowski. More on the Spike Lee. And I even have a Meg the Stallion headline from the sports world for you today. We'll get into all of it with your help. 1-800-849-2761. We're glad you're with us on the David Glenn Show. Megan Rapino is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Not everybody wants to sort of uh, back up Colin Kaepernick. Why are things like that important to you? I think it's all of our responsibility to try to make our country and our society and ultimately the world um, a place that is equal for everyone. This is the David Glenn Show. <laughs> lost oh the world is going to end and a lot of pressure is put on you know even social media like it's amazing what people put out you know really if you're our fans don't do that you know come on man these kids are 18 and 19 years old i mean you can question my coaching and what the hell and then when you do question it by the way just come into cameron and look up in the ceiling all right and then then find out if you should question that you know but uh don't don't do anything with our players yeah, just support him. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Little Mike Krzyzewski from last night telling you how to behave as a Duke fan. He's right about the banners. I mean, you should trust his way. Nobody controls the world of criticism out there, not even for 18 and 19-year-olds. And, of course, you as a Duke fan can follow his advice or not. It's free country. Happy Super Tuesday as many go to the ballot box for other reasons. Duke got revenge on NC State last night. Carolina hosts Wake Forest tonight. The ACC tournament is next week in Greensboro. Other conference tournaments are actually underway, some as early as today. The Big South in our backyard, one example there. 
We'll give you the audio of the day involving Rob Gronkowski's unforgettable phone call with NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. But as I welcome your calls on Coach K's comments on Duke's win convincingly over NC State, the Wolfpack plastered the Devils by 22 in Raleigh earlier this year. It was a close game at halftime, 38-36, to and I'll give the Wolfpack credit for this. Do you remember what they said was the worst thing they did when they lost against the Tar Heels, NC State? They stopped attacking when they had a lead. There are games where you have regrets after a loss, and there are games that you lose where you tip your cap to the other side or say, I lost to a better team in a difficult environment. When you took your foot off the pedal and you lost, you have regrets in that rivalry. When you went 38-36 at the half and you kept attacking, to me, you just say, I lost to a team that might be a number two seed in the NCAA tournament, and I lost at their place, and they were mad about that 22-point loss. And you know what? You got them in Raleigh, and they got you in Durham. But you don't have to have regrets just because you lost. As Coach K said, Smart people don't overreact when you win by two or lose by two, especially. Could have gone either way in those kinds of games. Duke shouldn't have to reinvent itself because it lost by two at UVA. There might be bigger things to learn by face planting at Wake Forest or at NC State, etc. Those are different examples. But credit NC State for playing a great first half and for attacking, for not taking their foot off the pedal. They were beaten by a better team at their place. Again, some losses filled with regrets. Others, you just lost the game. Doesn't mean the Wolfpack is doomed to miss the NCAA tournament. As I remind you of the headlines behind our questions of the day, rivalries, Team USA, and otherwise, Duke, in the game at NC State, was hurt by its inexperience. State, in its win over the Blue Devils earlier, was led by its most experienced players. Senior point guard Markel Johnson, fourth-year junior Devin Daniels, junior college transfer DJ Thunderbird. These are old dudes that put it to Duke in Raleigh. Coach K likes to use the phrase, we need to play older all the time. Well, Raleigh, the state team is older, and the Blue Devils have sometimes four true freshmen in their starting lineup. You got to play older, as Coach K says, even when you're not older, especially by the end of your freshman year, you can't look like a freshman anymore. Well, it was less about what State didn't do last night. To me, it was more about what Duke did do last night. And it was the two guys you knew would be there. Vernon Carey, 17 points, seven rebounds, couple block shots. Trey Jones, 15 points, four rebounds, four, or four assists, four steals. But... Unlike in Raleigh, where almost nobody else showed up for the Blue Devils, they got help from other dudes, especially Cassius Stanley. 18 points, 6 rebounds, a couple of blocks. Jordan Goldwire was very helpful for the Blue Devils off the bench. Those are the differences, folks. Wolfpack by 22 in Raleigh. Last night, it was the Devils by 19 in Durham. State doesn't have to be ashamed because they played hard. They played well in the first half, and it got away. Duke got exactly what it needed to see. Help for Trey Jones and help for Vernon Carey, this time in the form of Stanley and Goldwire and others. Moving forward, it doesn't matter who the complementary players are. 
if Duke has only Trey Jones and Vernon Carey showing up, they're going to get bounced on the first weekend of the NCAA tournament, even though they have the GOAT pushing the buttons on the bench, even though they have two first-team All-ACC players in Carey and Jones who are also going to be on some All-America teams. You need help. When Zion and RJ didn't have enough help last year, the Devils were gone. And in other years where a freshman didn't exactly fit in well, the Blue Devils were bounced in the Jabari Parker year, bounced in the Austin Rivers year. This story doesn't have to end that way. And Duke took a step in the right direction last night. I don't think the Wolfpack backpedaled in any way. They still have a chance. And here's, I think, their scenario as we welcome your calls on college hoops and our questions of the day. To me, the Wolf, the best way, or one way at least, to summarize the Wolfpack's picture moving forward. There are enough other variables that it is hard to say a complete sentence that I would say is a rock-solid, take-it-to-the-bank lock. Why? Because other teams are on the bubble, and you don't know who's going to win and who's going to lose. It is about you, mostly, but it is about those other teams. You don't have control over what they do, good or bad, and that's just going to be the uncertainty lingering forward between now and a week from Sunday, which, of course, is Selection Sunday, and the pack will find out whether it's on the right side of the bubble or the wrong side. For now, they're kind of the definition of squarely on the bubble. Why? Because they have three great resume wins those don't go away they beat duke by 22 they beat wisconsin by 15 duke's going to be a high seed wisconsin might be like a five seed if you haven't been following the big 10 that's a good basketball team state still has those big wins plus at uva is a great win looking better all the time they have good wins like at syracuse and beating notre dame and beating clemson and even something like winning at unc greensboro i know some roll their eyes at that that's a good basketball team that may win the southern conference tournament we'll see west miller and his star guard isaiah miller are that good they're not the favorite in that league, but the better the Spartans do, the better that win looks for the Wolfpack, obviously. Why State, with those wins, is nevertheless still on the bubble is because of the bad losses. It's a really unusual resume. Almost nobody near the bubble has as many great wins as I just described for the Wolfpack. Some of them great, a few of them good, I'll call them. But almost nobody else near the bubble has those many, that many success stories. Similarly, most of the teams near the bubble don't have this litany of losses at Boston College, swept by last place North Carolina, swept by middling Georgia Tech. Those are five bad losses, the way the NCAA committee looks at it, to go with all of those good wins. One way to summarize the Wolfpack's big picture moving forward, although I know there's no perfect sentence to summarize it. If you win your next three games, they won't leave you out. Look at it this way. You got to beat Wake. Otherwise, you're just inviting them to leave you out. That's another bad loss if you can't beat the Demon Deacons in Raleigh later this week. So you got to win that one. I think we all know. The first game you play in Greensboro next week will be on Wednesday. You don't know whether you're going to be the five seed, the six seed, the seven seed, the eight seed, but you know you don't have to play Tuesday because you've had a good enough year. If you win three in a row, that means Wake Friday. That also means whomever next Wednesday. That is going to be, of course, if you're a 5, 6, 7, or 8, which the Wolfpack will be, you're going to play a lesser opponent. Now, I can hear the punchlines coming. What if that lesser opponent is Carolina? Won't the Tar Heels and Roy Williams just improve that sledgehammer record over the Wolfpack one more time? Well, you don't know it's going to be Carolina. 
and you don't know it would be a loss even if it was the Tar Heels. You will face someone near the bottom of the standings next Wednesday if you're NC State. Again, you can't lose that or you just invite the committee to leave you out. If you win three in a row, why do I say it that way? You win your next three and they're going to have a brutally difficult time leaving you out because if you beat Wake this Friday and you beat a lesser opponent next Wednesday and then you know who you're going to play on Thursday – I mean, you don't know the identity of the team, but you know it will be one of the four top seeds in the league. By definition, the teams that get the double bye, Louisville, Florida State, Duke, and UVA, one of those four will be waiting for the Wolfpack as long as State wins, of course, its Wednesday game. When I say if you win your next three, they're going to have a brutally hard time leaving you out. That means beat Wake. That means beat a bottom-tier team Wednesday. And then add another signature victory over whomever. If you fall to UVA or Duke or Louisville or Florida State, you're not automatically out. But one thing I remind people all the time at this time of the year, if right now there's actually, you know, we, we interviewed Joe Lenardi. He's going to be on our show from ESPN tomorrow, one of the more famous uh, bracketologists. Uh, Jerry Palm is with us from CBS from time to time. There's something called bracketmatrix.com where they take seriously – I think it's 100-plus brackets from self-described bracketologists, and they average them all. And NC State, in this amalgamation, I mean, this is just averaging 100-plus matrix brackets. They're the first team out in the conglomerate. So they're like Lenardi's first team out. Barely, you can't be any barely less on the wrong side of the bubble than what this 100-plus combination of brackets has the Wolfpack right now. The reminder at this time of the year is that that picture can only get worse in one sense. If, say, East Tennessee State from the Southern Conference does not win its league but is considered an at-large team because it has such a good resume, guess what? The Southern Conference goes from a one-bid league to a two-bid league. And guess what gets gobbled up by that? Someone on the bubble that would have gotten in if East Tennessee State won the Southern Conference Tournament in Asheville now ain't getting in. So if on March 3rd you're the first team out, you better do something to upgrade your resume because the picture usually only gets more bleak as you get closer to Selection Sunday. Why? Because favorites don't always win their conference tournaments. Sometimes the Cinderella, there's 32 different leagues, and sometimes Cinderella wins the tournament, getting the automatic bid, but whoever was the first-place regular season team has such a good resume that they get in as an at-large when maybe they're from a league that normally gets only one. Win your next three, Wolfpack, and you're going to make it. I think that's the bottom line. I wish them well. That, to me, is the best summary coming out of Duke's win from its perspective and State's loss loss from its perspective. We'll go to Jim in Wilmington and your calls on the other side. Here's why I have a rivalry question for you. If your playing days are over, would you ever work or coach for your arch rival? Are you okay with someone who does something like that? Have you ever heard the phrase Michigan man? It actually dates at the very least to a former Michigan football coach named Bo Schembechler. And he famously found out that Michigan's coach, a guy named Bill Frieder, had already accepted a job from Arizona State. He was going to leave the Wolverines. 
And Bo Schembechler, the athletic director at Michigan, found out about this. This is while the Wolverines are still playing in a college basketball season. He finds out his coach has already said he's leaving for Arizona State when the season ends. Bo Schembechler, I honestly don't know if this is the origin of the phrase Michigan man, but you hear it applied to Jim Harbaugh. You hear it applied in other contexts. Schembechler famously announced a Michigan man will coach Michigan, not an Arizona State man. So he fires Bill Frieder on the spot after finding out that he's planning to leave, hires a guy named Steve Fisher, and that was the year the, the Wolverines went on and won the NCAA tournament, youngsters. That was 1989. So Frieder has a team who knew what potential it might have had, gets fired. This is during the season. Crazy story. A Michigan man will coach Michigan. Well, a Michigan man... A guy named Joe Bolden, all right? He was not only a Michigan football player, he was a linebacker who played for the current head coach at Michigan, Jim Harbaugh. He was also the Wolverines team captain. That sounds like a Michigan man like five times over to me. Well, Joe Bolden, after playing for the Wolverines, has been working his way up the football coaching ladder as an assistant. The reason you don't know his name, unless you're a Michigan fan, he's just a no-name assistant coach. With whom did he just accept a job in college football? How about the Ohio State Buckeyes? So Joe Bolden, Michigan man, who played for Jim Harbaugh, is now working for Ryan Day and the Ohio State Buckeyes in one of the most animosity-filled rivalries you will see anywhere outside of sometimes a Duke in Carolina or an Auburn, Alabama. Man, it is on the short list. Michigan man Joe Bolden is working for Ohio State, and it's not just like softball, okay? This is football now. Wolverines, Buckeyes, the Michigan man, is working for the Buckeyes. Are you okay with someone who plays at one school but works not just at another? That happens with almost everybody eventually. But at the arch rival while working their way up the coaching rival. That uh, ladder. That story just happened yesterday. When your playing days are over, would you ever work for or coach for your arch rival? Are you okay with someone like Joe Bolden who just did exactly that? And my Team USA question surrounds American golfer Dustin Johnson. He is, for the second time in a row, going to skip the Summer Olympics. Now, he's not eligible yet, but he's in position to represent our country at this year's Summer Olympics. Four years ago, he said no, he qualified, but I'm not going to go. Somebody else went instead. So the United States was still represented, but DJ bailed out. He, through his agent, just said yesterday, yeah, I know I'm in position to qualify again four years later, but I'm not going to go again. Question of the day. Are you bothered or disappointed when an eligible, healthy American athlete, he's not claiming an injury, turns down a chance to represent our country at the Olympics or another high-profile international competition? Dustin Johnson just did that. And Joe Bolden, Michigan man, just joined the Buckeyes. Those stories inspired those questions of the day. I'll offer more of my two cents. We will welcome yours. Also, more on Duke's win over NC State. Revenge game. Will the Tar Heels get revenge against Wake Forest tonight? Those stories and other college basketball. Your phone calls on the questions of the day. Happy Super Tuesday from us to you here at the David Glenn Show.
Coach Lou Holtz is joining us. What can you tell us about those four seasons in Raleigh? Everybody from North Carolina calling us Boo You and Agriculture You. And I remember walking in the press conference saying, I want everybody in the state to understand agriculture is better than no culture. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. American golfer Dustin Johnson says, and remember, the Olympics are only every four years. For the second time in a row, he is declining the possibility of representing Team USA. His agent said his schedule is simply too busy. He's healthy. Four years ago in Brazil, some of the guys had that Zika virus excuse. Remember that? And a huge majority of the top golfers in the world declined to participate. But most of them said, well, it's mainly because of the Zika virus, man. I'm freaked out by that thing, and I'm just not going to go to Brazil. Plus, I've heard about some security questions there with the Brazil Olympics. Well, the Olympics are only every four years, so we've come around the bend, and they're in Tokyo this summer. There is a medical concern that we'll leave off to the side for now, but DJ says he's not going. Some say that's un-American. The question of the day, are you bothered or disappointed when an eligible, healthy American athlete turns down a chance to represent our country in what is one of the highest-profile international events of all? We're taking your questions and comments on Duke's win, revenge style over NC State last night, Carolina seeking revenge on Wake Forest as both are headed to playing in the Tuesday edition of the ACC tournament next week in all likelihood. We'll see seedings still to be determined in this final week of regular season action in the ACC, even as some other leagues are already jumping into their NC, uh, their conference tournaments. NBA headlines, including Spike Lee, our audio of the day, audio of the day involves a phone call between former Patriots star tight end Rob Gronkowski recreating a phone call he actually received from NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. It's a great storytelling episode from Gronk. It is our audio of the day. We have that in reserve for you. All guests are later, so your phone calls are now. Former Michigan team captain in football, Joe Bolden, has taken a job as an assistant to Ryan Day at Ohio State. Question of the day with that story from yesterday. When your playing days are over, would you ever work or coach for your arch rival? Would you be okay with someone who did? That's not just any rivalry, folks. And it's one thing to jump as a coach at one place to another place. It's another thing to have played there. I mean, I'll even put diploma aside. If you played in that same sport at your school, where you got a diploma, where your team captain, it is extremely rare that you end up in that same sport as a coach at your number one arch rival. That's exactly what former Michigan team captain Joe Bolden has done, taking a job with Ryan Day and the Ohio State Buckeyes. Are you okay with someone who jumps from one side of the rivalry to the other that way. Eric is in Raleigh. Jim is in Wilmington. You can join us by dialing 1-800-849-2761. Eric has that football story on my, on his mind. Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, DJ. How you doing? I'm doing great. What's on your mind? Hey, I just wanted to call that Bull Schembechler out a little bit. He uh, actually was uh, got his master's degree from Ohio State. He's a graduate assistant. And then he came back and was a uh, coordinator for Ohio State for five years. That is true. Now, isn't it different, though, when you're an assistant coach? Like Bo Schembechler, the guy who I think started the phrase Michigan man in the Bill Frieder story, uh, Steve Fisher story. 
at least his undergrad, like where your tightest roots are, was at a different school entirely. It's not like Bo Schembechler has an undergrad degree from Ohio State and then went on and on about needing a Michigan, Michigan man once he was the athletic director at, at Michigan. It's a little different to me, assistant coach with the Buckeyes to head coach, or yeah, head coach and then AD at Michigan. I see your point, but I don't think it's quite the same. Joe Bolden was not only the team captain for the Michigan football squad, he played for Jim Harbaugh. Like, you can't take a job at Ohio State without at least calling Jim Harbaugh, right? You not only played for him, you were his captain. And now Joe Bolden, nobody blames him trying to work his way up the coaching ladder. I don't think anybody begrudges him for that. We're all trying to move up the ladder. But you can't have your former coach, Jim Harbaugh, reading online, wow, my, my former captain is now working for my enemy, Ryan Day, at Ohio State. Now, maybe Joe Bolden behind the scenes said, hey, Coach Harbaugh, any openings this offseason with the Wolverines? And maybe there were none. And maybe he just ended up at Ohio State. I mean, you can't fault a guy for considering a job at one of the highest profile college football programs in the country. But if you happen to be not only a former Michigan player, but a team captain who played under Jim Harbaugh, I would think that would complicate matters a little bit more. There are not many examples, I can tell you, of being the, the play, player of importance at your alma mater who's the head coach at the arch enemy. There's just, in the history of college sports, there's not a lot. I know there are some. Like NC State, former NC State head coach Mike O'Kane, went to work for the Tar Heels as a coordinator. But again, Mike O'Kane's not, he coached at State. It, it, to me, it's a little different than when your diploma is from Michigan and you were the team captain in football and now you're working for that. I mean, they don't even like to say the name of the other school in that rivalry. The, the whole phrase, that school up north, it symbolizes and exemplifies how much they can't stand each other. Former Michigan team football captain Joe Bolden is trying to help the Buckeyes win football games, including when they face the Wolverines every year. That's a whopper to me. Great example from Shani on Twitter, at David Glenn Show. Former UCLA star, way back, a guy named Henry Bibby, who also played in the NBA. Star guard for John Wooden on those great UCLA Bruins basketball teams. He did end up as the head coach at Southern Cal. That's a great example, and in that case, it's even a head coach. Joe Bolden, Michigan man, is at least you know some quality control assistant at Ohio State. That is a good example. I don't think the Trojans and the Bruins hate each other quite as much as the Wolverines and the Buckeyes do. 1-800-849-2761. Jim has last night's game on his mind in college basketball. You can chime in on the Dustin Johnson Team USA question. Are you bothered or disappointed when an eligible, healthy American athlete turns down a chance to represent our country in a high-profile international competition like the Olympics? DJ has said no to Team USA twice in a row now. And are you cool with doing what Joe Bolden just did? Team captain for the Wolverines, now working for the Buckeyes in college football. You don't see those stories every day. Jim, welcome to the David Glenn Show. You have Duke's win over NC State on your mind. Go right ahead. Yes, sir. Um, well, real quickly on the on your other question on the rivalry, I, uh, here's where I sit. I even got mad when John Elway married an Oakland Raiders so that's, <laughs> I sit on that one. that's taking it to the next level. Respect. <laughs> Go ahead. Anyway, but as far as the Duke game, so, yeah, and I know everyone who watched the game. I mean, Vernon Carey is getting killed on this high pick. 
and it, it was yeah. going on and on. Yeah. I mean, Keith was going to over and over and over and over again. And it wasn't just this game. If you look back at the other games they lost, we've had problems with penetrating guards in the same situation. Hey, Duke's got to worry about this because Vernon Carey is a shot blocker, and some interpret that as he must be a good defensive player. NBA scouts are worried about Vernon Carey's bad defense against the pick and roll. When people say, I can't believe this possible ACC player of the year is not even going to be a lottery pick in some NBA projections, it is mostly about they're not sure he can defend anybody. And the last time a post player who couldn't defend anybody came out of Duke as a college star, Jaleel Okafor, he ended up being a semi-bust in the NBA. They're worried about that. And obviously, NC State, among others, have been trying to exploit that. Coach K, I thought, made one of the better X and O moments of the game by going to zone to, to take that pressure off of Vernon Carey. He's a six foot ten oak tree of a man being asked to, you know, switch onto some little guard like Markel Johnson or somebody. That's a tough task for Big Vern. So you go to zone, you take that off his plate. And I, if I remember correctly, it really worked well for the Blue Devils. Yeah, I think when they went to the zone, it did, but I don't, I don't think they're going to be able to hang their hat on the zone when you move it forward. So, I mean, he's going to have to, they're going to have to figure that out. And it did work really well. You're right. Them. Yeah. But, but, uh, but remember, Coach K 10, 20, 30 years ago never would have even sprinkled in the zone. It's only his relationship with his good friend Jim Beheim at Syracuse that in more recent times has allowed him to go to the zone in circumstances when he needs it, like last night. And I believe you'll see it. You know, in a pressure situation in the ACC tournament against certain teams, NCAA tournament, I'm glad that Coach K has evolved to the point. I mean, he famously, in his early years at Duke, he would say, I don't care what my personnel is good at. We're going to be the best damn man-to-man defensive team in the country. That's what he learned from Bob Knight. That's what he was instilling at Duke long, long ago. I mean, even his bad teams in the early 80s. Darn it, we're going to learn how to play man-to-man defense, and that's going to be a big part of who we are. It's still, of course, the focal point, and it's only going to be sprinkling of the zone. But credit to Coach K. I mean, I've heard he's pretty good at what he does. He found the right X and O move last night. And credit to Big Vern, by the way. He fouled out Manny Bates, excellent shot blocker for the Wolfpack. Uh, Barely played, it felt like, because he got five fouls so quickly. And Big Vern, it's not fun to get hammered all the time. He ends up with 17 points and seven rebounds, but went nine for 11 from the free throw line. It can't be fun to just trot to the free throw line and get points one at a time. But you have to have that mentality if you're a post player. And Duke has largely taught Vernon Carey how to be a post player. And when he plays that way, uh, the Devils can be very hard to beat. We're back after this on the David Glenn Show. I don't want those damn Dukies rooting for us. They've hated all year long. Let them go right on hate. If the situation were reversed, I would hope they would lose by a hundred. You're in fantasy land if you ever think NC State's going to make it back to the national championship game. So just forget that right now. Go to hell, Carolina. Go to hell. Keeping the peace in NC on the David Glenn Show. All three guests are later. David Shoemate from Duke, Dave Odom, and Luke Hancock, college hoops galore. Hour two, we'll begin with more of your calls. Also, Spike Lee in an NBA headline. Meg the Stallion and former Major League player Carl Crawford in another life lesson sports headline. And Rob Gronkowski in our favorite audio clip of the day. Those things in your calls next. 
difference between sport and capital E entertainment and capital S sport is that we don't know the outcome. And that feeling of uncertainty, positively or negatively, is unique. We are quoting Bob Ryan the way I would quote, you know, Aristotle or Confucius. You're listening to The David Glenn Show.